Are you wondering how to use your love of writing to glorify God and bless others, but you aren't really sure where to start? Or maybe you've been writing for a while, but now you want to start putting that work out into the world for others to read. If so, you are not alone and you are in the right place. My name is Amy Simon, and this is the Purposeful Pen Podcast, where we uncover how to build a writing life that brings joy to us, glory to God, and benefits others. Welcome back to the Purposeful Pen. And so last week we talked about the importance of an author brand. And this week we are talking with, I'm talking again with Kara Ray, this time about author websites. Thanks again, Kara, for being here. She works in marketing. She is an author and uh, is super helpful in this area. And I know a lot of writers get really overwhelmed with this whole website thing. It's like, what do I put on there? What is it for? It's just this big overwhelming beast. So I'm looking forward to talking about this today. So thanks for coming back, Kara. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. First of all, let's just explain some terms. I think people get confused sometimes. They use the term blog and website interchangeably, like they're the exact same thing, but they're really not quite the exact same thing. So can you kind of distinguish between those just so we have our terms clear? Yeah, I think I sometimes use them interchangeably too, but if we're being really precise in our language. I I think there is a difference. I think a blog has a more of a a personal bent, right? A lot of times blogs really got started with, you know, people keeping an on, I mean, it's a web log is really where the word blog comes from. And so it was originally intended to be kind of like an online journal. And so that's, that is technically what a blog is, where a website has a more external focus. And so a website serves an audience that's maybe bigger than your immediate family, which is, you know, kind of what a blog was originally set up to to be. And so a website serves a larger audience, more people, and it, it has more of a, I'm offering you something. Like I have something for you, even if it's just the gift of my words and my thoughts, (laughs) I'm putting those out to you in a in a form that will be pleasing and attractive to you and will serve that reader well. Well, and a lot of times, like a website may have a blog section, like we talk about writing blog posts. And so many times a website has a section that is for blog posts where we put our short form writing and ways to serve our readers that way. But the website as a whole is a bigger thing. I mean, it doesn't have to be huge, but I mean, it's got, you know, a front page that addresses your reader and things like that. And then probably the blog posts in a separate place. Correct. Um, Often like companies, for example, will have that website with a blog attached to it. And blogs are generally, especially in that context of a company, a blog is a great way to enhance your SEO, your search engine optimization. Companies use that to drive traffic to their homepage, for example, Um, for an author a website can include a blog, right? It can include all of those blog articles, but it also um, entails that there are other pages involved. Um, Like you said, a homepage or an about page or um, maybe a services page or something along those lines where where you're showing the array of things that you provide and offer. So what is the purpose of an author website? Why does an author need a website? 
Well, that's a good question because, and I think a lot of people are questioning that these days because there are a lot of alternatives out there to creating your own website. It does take a lot of time and thought and energy. And, you know, I don't know that everybody absolutely has to have an author website, although I still believe they're very useful and valuable. Um, first of all, you control your own writer website, so it can be exactly what you want it to be. Um, and depending on your your objectives, um, it can really help establish you as an authority in the space in which you're trying to talk. <laughs> and so that I think is the biggest purpose. It does give you a little corner of the internet with your name on it that says, this is what I do. And this is what I'm known for. Um, last week, we talked about the brand and that's the shortcut for the brain. So a website helps um, bolster that brand for you as an author. What are some of the important elements that should go on an author website? Yeah, well, the first page is always the home page. Um, I do a lot of teaching about what are the elements that need to be on that home page. Sometimes a website can be one page. We usually call that a landing page, but there's there's a lot of psychology that goes into what people are looking for immediately on a website. And so there's things like, you know, an image, a headline, um, some section about yourself. Those are all really important to have on a homepage. In addition to that, usually the second highest visited page on a website is the about page. People are kind of trained to see what's on the front page. What are you about? I want to know what you're about in like seven seconds <laughs> is really what studies show. And 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 really that's generous. Um, I think that a number of seconds are dwindling rapidly. You really have to capture somebody's attention right away. Um, but then after they've done that, they want to go to your about page and they want to see what are you about? What do you do? Who are you? And I would say at, at minimum, those are the things that you need. And then obviously your your blog, your writing, your articles as well. Definitely. And you know, one of the things that I have learned from you as you've helped me with my web page, my website in the past, is that even though it feels like our website's about us, it's not about us. And our even our about page, it's not actually really about us. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It all needs to be focused towards that reader. What is it that you're offering that reader? You know, that our about page, yes, it has some of our background, but specifically as that relates to how we can serve our reader. Right. And then it's all needs to be very reader focused because people are reading because they want to know what's in it for them. Yeah, it's really true. And I think, you know, the about page is like the trickiest one because I think we love to talk about ourselves. And so we tend to say, oh, let's tell them all about me. And really, when you think about that, it's like they want what do they need to know in order to know, like and trust you to keep reading and keep engaging with your material. And so you really have to put on a different set of glasses when you're thinking about your website. What it's not necessarily, here's everything I've ever done. And you like bombard your audience with, you know, overwhelming page of information about yourself. That's not what people want. In fact, they're looking at it through that lens of what I, I'm coming to you to solve a problem. What is the problem that you solve for me? And so 
uh, you have to think that way when you write your own web copy, because you're like, okay, we love to share some fun little tidbits about ourselves, but we have to keep pointing it back to my overarching purpose. So people don't necessarily need to know, you know, your huge long resume. They need to know like, why should I trust you in this particular area or for this particular problem that you solve? Yes. And, you know, I think too, like you said, don't necessarily bombard people with all the things that you have to offer and all the things about yourself, but to keep it focused, especially that top portion of the website that people are going to see right away. Like, what is it that you are offering? And, you know, maybe like one call to action, you know, click here to subscribe to get this free download or whatever it is, but just to keep it really focused and reader centered. Yeah. You have to get, it's like editing your words, right? You really have to edit yourself on your website to get really clear on the words you use and how you are trying to reach that person. And so maybe we've covered some of these already, but like, what are some of the pitfalls or mistakes that you have seen authors make when it comes to creating their websites? Um, Well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think a lot of times people do it to be a reflection of themselves versus this is the way I serve you. And so, you know, there is there is a a distinction there. You know, we we might personally really love lots of script fonts. (laughs) I'm girly. I'm feminine. I want to come across that way. And in the process, it's like hard to read or it's too much, right? Like less is more generally on things like that. And so we get kind of caught up in some of the designy things and we can detract from our message. I see that often. I also, one area that, like I said before, that top half, we call it above the fold. When you go to a website, the very first thing you see is usually some kind of banner image. And that image really needs to capture our attention. We, as wonderful as our words are, the imagery that we use to get people to read the words. And so I see a lot of times people are not very thoughtful about the images that they use. um, And they're not very thoughtful about that top headline. So a headline really does the heavy lifting for you. It should like encompass what you're all about and, and draw people in right away. So those are difficult things to nail down and it does take some time, but I think overall, like those are the biggest, like those are the money grabs. Like that's what people go to first. And that's the way you can capture people and keep people on your website. Cause that's the goal, right? You can't learn too much about somebody in seven seconds or less. So you want them to stay on your website and engage with your material longer. And so you've got to capture them right away. Definitely. And all this, of course, ties back into the branding conversation that we had last week. You know, you're it's all the same decisions that you're making. What, how are you unique that in how you're presenting your message? You know, how do you want to come across? All that should apply to your, to your website also. So do you have to spend a lot of money to make a website? You know, I think it's, That's a tricky question (laughs) because I want to say no, I really do. But I do think that it does take a bit of an investment. Even some of the the tools that are available online, you you get more when you spend a little bit more. So even in some of the the pre-made templated websites, 
I think those are great, but those do cost a little bit of money. And I think you usually get a little bit more bang for your buck when you invest in a better template, for example, or, you know, just maybe even hire a professional. Sometimes I think if you, if unless you really have a bent towards that and you've got an eye for it, I think sometimes it really does pay to have extra eyes, extra help on that. Um, but thankfully there are a lot of tools like Wix and Squarespace make it really easy. And of course there's Substack and other things like that, that you can kind of create your own online home there, um, but you're hemmed in more. So, and then if you really want a very customized look and you want to create something that really specifically meets your audience needs, that's usually going to fall into the WordPress category. And those you really do need to spend a little bit more money, but you get exactly what you want when you do that. Yeah, there's always that trade-off between flexibility and work and cost. You know, someplace like Squarespace and Wix, you have fewer options, but it's a little less overwhelming and easier to manage if you're not a website designer yourself. But someplace like WordPress, you're going to have endless options and possibilities, which can be great, but it also can be overwhelming. And so there are a lot of different things out there. And I know you mentioned Substack, that that is another option, especially I think just getting, if someone's just getting started, they're like, I, I can't invest any money right now. I just want to get writing, right? Yes. And and maybe down the road, you make some income and be able to hire somebody or, or you know, pay to have a website. Um, Substack can be, it's free. Like you said, you're very hemmed in on Substack, but it's very plug and play. Yeah. And so it's a great option too. I mean, I, I think that is a great option for people who are figuring it all out because you want to hang out where people and readers are. And I think that's a great, great option. Definitely. And I think too many times like the tech or the money investment, that it's just such a roadblock for people. And yeah. something like Substack is a great way to get past that roadblock and um, get your feet under you as a writer and get where the readers are um, without having to kind of do all those things. But down the road, it is really nice to have, even if you are on Substack, to have that website that's kind of like your calling card. You can lead people there. It's very professional and definitely lots of good options there. So you and your husband have a marketing company that does websites also, correct? We do. Um, it's called Avocado Toast Marketing. And we do um, all kinds of things, including copywriting work or um, branding. Um, I mentioned, um, I think last week that we sometimes do rebrands for, for businesses who say, I just want like, it's like going to the salon and getting a new haircut. <laughs> I want a fresh look. So we do, we do that. We provide logos and colors and fonts and all of that kind of fun stuff. And we also build custom and semi-custom websites. So when I say semi-custom, what I mean by that is you can get a template online for WordPress and you can customize templates. And that's a much more affordable way than going full on custom and building from scratch. So that is another option that's a little less um, financially constraining. And so we do we do those as well. 
Awesome. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. If anyone is interested in um, looking into those options too. So yeah, thank you so much, Kara. Lots of great thoughts about author websites and branding and trying to figure out this whole business side of writing. So yeah, thank you. This has been really fun. I love talking about all things writing and marketing, my favorite. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Substack so you'll never miss an episode. You can support the podcast by liking and commenting on episodes and, of course, sharing it with others. If you become a paid subscriber on Substack, you'll get journaling prompts or additional resources every Wednesday that pertain to the week's episode. You will also have access to the monthly writing Q&A call and subscriber-only chats. But as always, the podcast itself will remain free.